in. Thorn Sports Podcast. Let me fix that audio here. Today, I am joined by uh, Braden Toro of No Bowl no Sports Guys. And uh, Alan, my friend, the pineapple down south, hopefully will be joining us later on in this episode. But uh, Toro, how are we doing today? You know, living the dream. It's my Sunday, so just trying to get some stuff done before starting another week of work. I hear you there. I uh, I have class in a couple hours, and then I have work. Uh, not looking forward to work, if I'm all honest with you, but, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> Whoever looks forward to work, unless you enjoy your, what you're doing. Really. I mean, that's 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 a good point. <laughs> <laughs> so today How are you doing? A, we're doing good. Yeah, it's uh, just failing a couple classes in school. Not looking forward to that. Possibly might have to retake them, but, you know, that's... That happens. Yeah. Just got to chug along and survive. Yep. But we'll, I'll get it. It's no, they're just hard classes. Well, at least there's that. If they're hard classes, if it's, I felt easy classes that I shouldn't have failed. So if as long as they're hard, it's understandable. Yeah. I think, I'm taking them online, which makes it a little harder too. But oh, yeah. uh, we'll see uh, how it works out as the semester goes on. We got about six weeks left, so nice. I got, I think, three weeks left of my semester, so oh, that's not too bad. So, uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's going to be a little rough in the long going here. <laughs> well, I wish the best of luck for you. Oh, thanks. I'm going to need it. <laughs> but uh today we got a little fun topic for you. you kind for us today uh you kind of previewed it in your facebook post but today we're going to be talking about a uh, series comebacks or just teams choking it up we uh here at pineapple 22 media we all got inspired by the fact that the the toronto maple leaves just for whatever reason cannot get out of the first round and uh we're going to poke some fun at toronto fans and ourselves a little bit here as uh you know that that's how we roll but uh yeah let's get right into it man absolutely so let's start off with this most recent one of toronto and the maple leaves and Habs series like that obviously that's the one that inspired this episode so let's kind of break it down and try and figure out what went wrong well i've i've heard at least from a couple of my hockey fans that the Maple Leafs have been known to do that in the past. So, and not that I have much room to talk in the last three playoffs, uh, the golden Knights have blown a three, one lead and one, two of the series, but I get it. It sucks. It's not when you're up three, one, you don't ever want to give up that lead and the Maple Leafs are uh, prone to do it, which is sad. Yeah. And honestly, I, I I really thought Toronto was this was their year to get out of the first round, but for whatever reason, they just couldn't do it. And I think losing Tavares in that first game or second game of the series really hurt the Maple Leafs this year. Oh, yeah. That was a nasty hit, and I wish him a speedy recovery. I know he's getting better, but that kind of changed the outcome of the game. I don't think it was necessarily a – dirty hit per se it was just a bang bang kind of hit that left him hurt on the ice so 
that kind of affected the series. And I think the Habs just in general are, you see what they're doing to the Winnipeg Jets. They're manhandling them. Like it's not even close. Yeah, so, but I don't think the the Jets helped their case with that nasty hit. True. I mean, I, I understand it. Every there's there's double sides to that argument. There's it's a clean hit and then it's a dirty hit. And I think most of the series have had one or two of those hits where Revis had one in game one. Greaves had one, and we had one in Game Seven. Revis should be suspended longer than two games, but I, sure. I think I think that's kind of what changed the outcome of the game was him being out almost the whole entire series. And I think the Maple Leafs should have really closed it, especially having the home ice advantage and not being able to win at home. So yeah, that's that's always devastating, and. You know, it's it's kind of become a meme in the hockey world of uh, Toronto not being able to make the first round. Alan and I, we broke it down on this podcast, and we were just like, you know, if it's not going to work out, it's not going to work out. They have to prove it to me before we say they can make it out of the second round, the first round in the playoffs. I agree. It's we'll see if they can ever do it. I feel like it's we have those curses in sports. I feel like this is the Maple Leafs curse. <laughs> Like, yeah, I don't know if one thing happened to him that caused the curse, but it's definitely something to look into. It really is, because as far as I know, I can't figure out, you know, what the curse would be like, what it could have been. So I'll have we'll have to do some research on that. Yeah, because you've got the curse with the Cubs, the curse with the Red Sox, like those were legit curses. And if yeah, you don't know the curse about, about the Cubs... Yeah, that podcast does a really good superstitions episode on uh, the Cubs, why why they were in such a rut, and it was really interesting. I didn't know a lot of the the history of it. It was eye opening. Yeah, the curse of the Billy Goat is very interesting, and whether or not you believe in that kind of thing is very interesting. Um, but it plays a lot into how the Cubs handle themselves and are kind of handling themselves this year too. So. I don't know, <laughs> but we'll, uh, we'll be talking about that. We're, we're going to be talking about all sorts of comebacks and chokes. And uh, one of them for sure will be that 2016 world series. Yes. Yeah. So baseball, you know, more, a little bit more better than I do. I know some of the hockey, obviously some of the basketball, the football one that really stands out, and I think it stands out on everyone's platform, is the Falcons blowing that 28 <laughs> to 3 lead. Like, I don't know. So, you know me, I don't like the Niners. And I think Kyle Shanahan is a great fit for the Niners because he's a horrible coach. <laughs> like, he, could, he literally could have ran the ball and won the game, but he decided, no, let's start passing the ball down the field and going away from the run. Because at that time, I'm pretty sure they still had uh, Freeman. And Freeman was still in his prime as a running back. Mm. He's kind of since passed it. But it's like, dude, run the ball. There was a couple of plays where it was a third and short. And instead of running it, he passed it. And I understand the whole concept. You have Julio Jones. But at that time, that's all they had. And you put two guys on Julio Jones, and it really shut everyone else down. So. I just remember watching that game and laughing. As much as I don't like the Patriots, it was really funny. 
Yeah, that is really funny. And it's just, and that some of these chokes and comebacks, you're just sitting there going, how? Like you had everything going for you. How, what went through those people, those players, those coaches' minds where all of a sudden they're like, eh, we'll just phone it in the rest of the game. And that 28-3 Falcons Patriots loss is a big one on that one. Yeah, it's high up on the list. I know most of the comebacks they talk about are like the 3-1 comebacks or the 3-0 comebacks, but I feel like that's a notable mention too. Because it's no, not on the Wikipedia sure. page for best comebacks. <laughs> <laughs> it really should be that. That's in that's like insane how that all went down. And I- t- it's surprising how many teams actually make a comeback. Like it's more common than not like I thought maybe it was a fluke like every once in a while but no there's at least one or two every year it looks like Mm -hmm. yeah we just had a especially in last year's playoffs we almost had a complete uh, the Astros almost came back from a 3-0 deficit in the ALCS to almost make it to the World Series again and uh, the only team that's ever done that before is the Boston Red Sox against the Yankees back in 2004 yeah, that game in itself. Wasn't that when the Bambino curse was broken? Yeah, so uh, the curse of the Bambino is, for, for a lot of our listeners who may not know, uh, the Red Sox used to have baseball's greatest player ever until Mike Trout comes along. Uh, Babe Ruth, <laughs> uh, he was on the Boston Red Sox for a bit. He was their, one of their starting pitchers, their best hitter. And then the story goes that and there's no way to actually prove this as false or true. As far as I know, a lot of people are saying this part of the narrative is false. But uh, either way, the story goes that uh, the owner of the Red Sox at the time decides he wants to build a play and find a play. So he trades his team's best player away for some money. And he goes and builds his theater where he has this play. And as he does so, the team gets cursed, essentially never to win the World Series again. I mean, the prime example... Uh, some of the most prime examples of the curse being in effect is when uh, in 1986, Bill Buckner a lot misses that routine play at, at first base. Um, a lot of people blame that on the curse and whatnot. But uh, either way, the Red Sox would go down into uh, a pit of despair and misery, and the Yankees would go on to win a lot of championships with Babe Ruth. They're up to 27 now, aren't they? Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, my thing that has my head, what gets me scratching my head is why would you trade your star player to your rivals? That's just like a big no-no. Or why would you even you trade see- your star player? Uh, I mean, it happens. You see it now, especially with Julio Jones being traded from Atlanta to the Tennessee Titans. They get unhappy, but in all intents and purposes, it didn't look like Babe Ruth was unhappy in Austin. It was just, I think, a dumb all-around move, and the Red Sox really paid for it. <laughs> yeah, they did, and and then all and then as a lot of us will remember, growing up in the early two thousands, it was it seemed like almost every three years the Red Sox were in the World Series. Uh, two thousand four, and the one that I hate the most, two thousand seven, uh, they would go back in. I want to say twenty eleven. But if not 2011, they went back in the Boston Strong 2013, won that one. 
and then they haven't been back. No, they went back in 2018, and yeah, they, they won that one. Womped on the Dodgers. Yeah, don't remind Alan. <laughs> yeah, he yeah. does not like that one for sure. Well, they ended the Dodgers ended off making like bandits with uh, the Mookie Betts trade and Dave Price, David Price trade. So I think they're fine. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. That was another crazy comeback, being down three one to your rival and coming back and winning. Like it was amazing. So another comeback that really at least got me pumping was Golden State and the Cavs. Mm. Like watching that whole entire series as much, I, I don't, I guess LeBron gets a lot of hate, a lot of unnecessary hate. And comparing the stats of other stars, 36 year olds and himself now, he's far and above better than what they were at 36. So the hate that he gets, I think, is unwarranted, but it is what it is. And I love that he be arguably one of the best teams that was assembled for basketball. They had the best regular season record, and game seven was wild, that block. And then Kyrie hitting that clutch three, it was, it was amazing. It was fun watching Golden State implode. I'm not a fan of Golden State. I thought that they – especially with Kevin Durant. I don't like Kevin Durant. I think he's a great baller, but he has no loyalty to teams. I would take Dom over Durant any day because Dom is live or die by Portland, and I, I respect that. So, Yeah, there's something we said of players that just go from team to team in search of that championship or and other players that just stay in the team that you know, that's taking care of them. But yeah, that three, that series comeback with LeBron, you know, that I feel like that's the one that cemented his legacy. If he were retired right there, no one would have argued against it. Um, he, he did all he could do in that series and he, he single-handedly brought that championship back to Cleveland. So. Yeah, it was another emotional time because Cleveland, you have a lot of these cities who, get these huge droughts where they don't have any championship wins and even Vegas. I know we have only had a sports, a professional sports team for four years, but if you look at our history, we've never had a championship in the hundred plus years of Vegas. So like there's a drought for us, but not necessarily the same as like Chicago or the Red Sox, but you got to think New England's like, the pinnacle city if you want championships for a while there at least they had a championship every year in one of their banks for sports so yeah i mean it is called title town for a reason there in boston so yeah but we see the winds have changed especially with the celtics and red Sox are finally getting back to their groove but the boston bruins i think it'll be a while they have a chance this year but uh I don't think they're going to make it out of the second round. Tell you, the winner of the Stanley Cup is going to be whoever wins the Vegas Colorado series. I I would willing to bet that because the two best teams. No, I wouldn't be surprised about that either. And Vegas kind of made a little comeback there in that series going down 2-0 in Colorado coming back 
two two at Impact Home in Vegas. So, but uh, yeah. it's interesting. No, you go. Ahead. Sorry. No, it's it's just interesting how these series they play out. You know, it's one works one way, the other works the other way, and it all works out. Yeah. So the other comeback that was really memorable for me, I kind of hated it as a fan. So I respect 99% of hockey teams and their fans. There's one organization that I cannot stand, and I cannot stand their fans even more because I think their fans are, pardon my French, a little bit idiotic. And they make Vegas fans look mild, which is really hard to do. Because Vegas fans, 90% of the time, don't even understand what's going on. They're just cheering and screaming. So that's what makes Vegas so fun is literally it'd be icing and they're cheering and hooping and hollering. Now, the organization that I'm talking about is the San Jose Sharks. I can't stand them. I think they are a trash organization. Um, But I will give them a compliment. They pulled the comeback against us in 2019. I remember that very vividly. And I'm going to apologize to Sean. You remember our coworker, Sean from Brolums. He's a big mm-hmm. Sharks fan, him and his wife. So sorry, guys. But I remember vividly because we were, they had a game the night before my daughter was born and I had my laptop open and I was streaming it on Facebook while my wife is sitting on the hospital bed getting all hooked up and whatnot. So we had the 3-1 lead and we blew it in game seven. I don't know. Some people will argue that that was a major penalty. I think it was overkill. Obviously, any time someone gets hit in the head, it's a lot easier to bleed. So I don't know. I thought it was a little bit more acting. It was definitely a minor penalty, but a major, I would disagree. But that's just me and that we blew that lead. And then we almost did it again last year with the Canucks. And we almost did it again with the Wild. So it's just something Vegas likes to do. And who knows? Maybe they might just do it again here with Colorado. Uh, let's hope it's the other way around. <laughs> you. Uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> so you were an athlete in high school, right? Yeah. Did you ever have any wild comebacks? Uh, not particularly because – so. In cross country, you don't really have is which is the sport I really participated in. I did track. You don't really get you know the insane you know start from the real behind coming back to win it all type comeback. I mean, it happens. It's more often or not in the sprinting race and in the distance races like I did. Um. So, but I guess for me, the biggest comeback that I ever would have done is starting probably towards the rear of the the race working my way to the middle of the pack i would say and doing fairly well but uh that's probably my biggest comeback um other than that um other comebacks that i would have had are just you know street football just playing with the buddies getting down and all the coming back to win those types of games and kind of some those kind of things but uh i mean i think Back in middle school, I think the biggest comeback to even enter the playoffs that I ever saw was that 2007 run by the Colorado Rockies to even make the playoffs. Um, At the start of September, they weren't even 
allowed to sniff the playoffs based on the standings. They were really behind. They needed to win like 22 of the of their next games, which they won all of them. They won all That's of the wild. games that month and made not only made it to a tie for the wild card with the San Diego Padres, uh, won that game on a controversial safe call at home plate. Whether or not he was safe, I I don't I won't argue because. I don't know. <laughs> Honestly, to me, it looks like he touches, but also just barely. So I can see the controversy either way. Um, but either way, they won that game, sweep their way through the playoffs only to get swept by uh, the Boston Red Sox back in 07. So it, it was a very interesting comeback of sorts to not only make it to the World Series, but have a chance of winning it all. To be And it, it was just intense to watch. And the way the city and the, the state rallied behind the team was really fun to watch as well and be a part of. And you guys lost to a really good Red Sox team. It wasn't like you lost to – it was a David and Goliath story. And the fact that you guys made it that far was awesome. But the Red Sox at that time were Goliath, and they showed it. But I think Colorado has a lot of rich history with their sports and – Hopefully, if uh, the Golden Knights don't take it this year, that the Abs do. Yeah, I'd get sure. behind that. There's a lot of comparisons going around with this particular 2021 iteration of the Abs with the the 2001 team. So it's going to be interesting. I believe that 2001 team made a comeback too. Yeah, they did. So against the was it the Kings or the Sharks? I'd have one to of those look. two teams. But uh, they definitely did, and they won it all. So I know during the Kings' magical run, when they won the champion, when they won the Stanley Cup, they had a couple of great comebacks too. So yeah, it seems uh, for a lot of teams that win the championships, you gotta have these great comebacks of, to prove the team's not only team's chemistry but the team's grit as well. And uh, we saw that with the 04 Red Sox. I mean, the game to talk about there is, I want to say it was game four, the ALCS. Uh, Dave Roberts, who's now the manager of the Los Angeles Dodgers, he uh, steals second against the greatest closer of all time in Mariano Rivera. And as you're watching that, everyone just felt this air and pressure on the team lift as he not only steals second base, but eventually comes in to score a run. And they would later go on to win uh, the World Series back in 04 against uh, – this is where my trivia knowledge fails me. I think it was the Mets. Uh, yeah. Let me level check, though. It was – I could be way in left field, though. That was just a guess. The Cardinals. Cardinals. Okay. Mm-hmm. And they swept their way through the World Series. I just think that that's – unfortunately, that's kind of the formula for a championship team is having those great comebacks, showing that you're worthy of it because a lot of the times – and that's why I say – I will. There was an argument which is the harder trophy to win a Super Bowl or an NBA title. I will say Super Bowl is a lot harder to win, and here's why before you jump my throat. <laughs> it's one game. And if you have a bad game, 
you're done. If you have a bad game in the NBA, you still have three other chances to come back and not lose. And a lot of the times you see the higher seeds win in the NBA and the MLB and even in hockey. But in the NFL, you often see wild card teams go all the way and win it. And it's just, I don't know if it's, obviously you can't have that kind of formula in the NFL with the kind of contact that they face in the best of seven series because I think everyone would die if they had those long series. So, but that's the one nice thing is the three to one comeback. Literally anyone can change it. Anyone has a chance where in football, you don't have that chance. If you suck, you suck. Like there's not a way to come back. I think Patriots are really the only team that proved maybe comebacks are possible. So. Yeah, I mean, on the note of the football, I mean, the year the Chiefs won the Super Bowl a couple of years ago, they they were always down at halftime and found a way to come back and win it all. Um, even in that Super Bowl, they were down to the Niners and came back and won it all. So, uh, I want to say they were down to the Houston Texans by 21. At yeah, it was half, insane. Uh, the championship game. 21 to 24, one of those two. (laughs) Yeah. Sadly. Now they are the dumpster fire of the NFL, I would say. You always need that one team, right? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the only other division that has that title is the NFC East, not West. (laughs) Yeah, The West is probably... They're all horrible. Like, I, and I, I expect the same thing this year, too. Yeah. I just think it, it's it's the fun part about sports is having those comebacks. Mm-hmm. I think sports would be boring if there, there wasn't comebacks. And we see it more and more happening. I know I was a part of a couple of teams that had amazing comebacks in basketball. And it just I, – I don't know. Like, my, my high school team, it was – kind of our formula get beat down really hard in the first half and then something would click in us and we'd make a comeback and sometimes we'd end up pulling the comeback and other times we didn't I want to say there was one college basketball game that was like that too they were down I want to say it was a BYU game BYU was up by like 20 points at half and ended up losing the game I think it was Tyona Mm. Never remember During that. March Madness, it was one of the playing games. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's just the fun part of sports. And it's kind of – it kind of stinks being a fan of the teams that blow that lead, but it is what it is. <laughs> I mean, we, we kind of talked about the Toronto series, and they have a history lately of doing that, of choking those leads. Toronto fans every year – are like, this is our year, we're going to do it. Almost like the Dallas Cowboys in the NFL, you know? They're like, this is our year, we're going to do it. And then round one of the playoffs comes, and they don't even sniff round two. Uh, yeah. Reason. But I think it's really interesting because we talk about these series comebacks, and we talk about how they're fun to watch. I mean, that was all of uh, Tebow time back in the NFL when he was with the Denver Broncos. Back when I really followed the NFL was like when I was in high school. I've kind of 
not followed it so much as I've gotten older, but TiVo time, you could always count on the fourth quarter to be really fun to watch. <laughs> but yeah, it's insane because we we go to this championship talk of which is the hardest trophy to win, and I would say the NBA is the easiest title to win in all the sports. Um, oh yeah, you don't really have those. And a lot of basketball fans are going to come at me for this, but you also don't have a lot of those like lower level teams all of a sudden coming to win it all. Like you don't have that as often as you do in baseball and in the NFL. Um, And so I would put in the, if we're just ranking the major four American leagues here, uh, NBA's titles in terms of winning ease of winning it, the NBA is number four. Number three, I would have as baseball because that is a tough, that is a grueling playoffs and it is tough to watch. I mean, baseball is, and the playoffs is a lot of fun, but watching the baseball playoffs is so different because it, um, it's just a lot harder and your the series are longer than anything you've ever played all year. Um, you have to, and in baseball, you never know what's going to happen. The parody in baseball is so intense. Um, and so I almost would have had it tied yeah. for second if it weren't for the fact that in the NFL, you only got one shot. Yeah. But I, I'm okay with like a 2A, 2B kind of yeah. deal, you know? Yeah, for sure. Because like so, and either way, I, it's grueling. Yeah. So what would you say the hardest? Is it hockey? Stanley Cup is by far probably the hardest trophy to win in all sports. Um, I agree. I can get behind that. I I heard that take a couple of years ago. And the more I've researched it, the more I've watched playoffs. The parody in hockey is unmatched. In the NFL, from the beginning of the season, like, you know, who even no matter what sport it is, you know who your title contenders are. Um, you have your playoff contenders that you go, yeah, they could do something. Um, but you're, it's the title contenders that you already know. And then the NFL, it's you, there's parody, but especially when the Patriots were doing really good with Tom Brady, you could almost pencil in the Patriots. They were a dynasty. The you could pencil in the Patriots in the Super Bowl every year, and you could almost predict what was going to happen. So. But with hockey, you never know. Like, yeah, we have the cup contenders. And honestly, we have the rest Western Conference Finals going on in round two with Vegas and Colorado. Um, but, and while a lot of people are like, oh, this is, going, this is a series to watch, like Carolina and Tampa Bay is also having that same series right now in the East. And so we, and honestly, it's either, Tampa Bay is probably, has the best shot of defending their title right now. Um, yeah, I would agree. But for sh- the Stanley Cup is so – it's not only so coveted by everyone in the sport, the fans, uh, the league, the players, management. It, it's coveted by, like, entire nations too. And I think that's why we really like talking about these more international sports is because nation countries all over the world, they get behind these titles. Like when Latin, 
because baseball is so influenced now by Latin American players, which is really great. When a baseball team that ha- is, has a lot of certain uh, Latin American players on it, those countries get really behind that team and really support that team. Same with Japanese or Ch- Taiwanese players uh, in hockey. They're all over the world. Um, same with, you know, baseball and basketball, you know. So it's, it's really interesting. Like the Nuggets right now, uh, a lot of Serbian fans are Nuggets fans just because of Nikola Jokic. Yeah. And I will say this too. The West is going to have a team who's number one championship because all four of the teams that are in the second round none of them have ever won a championship you've got phoenix you've got the jazz you've got the clippers and uh who's the other team having a brain fart oh yeah denver none of those teams have won a championship so in theory we will see hopefully a team that hasn't won so we'll see and i want to say even that east Brooklyn hasn't ever won a championship, so there's five teams that haven't, and then the other teams have all haven't won championships since, like, the 70s or 60s. So either way, you're having a drought end or someone win their first championship. So it'll be exciting to see. I've got one more comeback for you that your international fans will probably enjoy. You know, So you know the World Cup. Every year before the World Cup, they have like I, I can't remember the name of the the tournament, but it's kind of like the the precursor to the least certain amount of teams playing it. I want to say it's like ten teams or something like that. It was the U.S. versus Brazil in the championship game. U.S. goes up three zero at halftime, and I, I remember watching the game. I'm like, man, I'm excited. Like we're keeping up with Brazil. Brazil is Brazil. Brazil is one of the giants in soccer. Like, oh yeah, I don't know. Those that's one of the teams that if you want to be, if you want to emulate anyone in the international world, that Brazil is one of them. So we're up three zero, and I believe we blew it and lost four to three or five to three or something like that. And it was just like, how do you blow a three goalie? Like in soccer, it's that's impressive i feel like goals are hard to come by in soccer more so than in other sports i feel like i don't know you see games go zero zero or one zero and the u.s literally blew a three to zero lead on them so that was just another comeback and i mean the u.s wasn't even picked to win that game so the fact that they kept in with brazil is amazing but it happens in all sports there's always that crazy comeback and brazil had it yeah, I mean, Alan would unfortunately wasn't able to join us today, but he uh, would have tons of information on the soccer comebacks for us. But that insane 3-0 comeback is not anything to really shy away from. And yeah, I think I, I know okay. Alan is knowledgeable in soccer. <laughs> yeah, our conversation last night, he knew a little bit more than I did, and just having me ask because I was at my parents' house last night when he was asking me those questions and kind of cool finding out when my grandpa played professional soccer even for four years like I had no idea so I so I wish he would have come on I think he would have brought in a nice little fun taste but life happens we're all married we've all got lives outside of our podcast so I mean let's all be real here for a minute if we had the chance we would just sit down and work our podcast for eight hours all day this would be our job 
True. If this, and maybe one day this will be our job. Yeah. <laughs> that's, the, that's the idea that we become podcasts <laughs> and have a giant team and have like a billion different shows and a million streams. Like, obviously, that's the goal. But until then, we're going to small. We, we don't need to quit our day jobs just yet. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't that the truth? But yeah, so as uh, much as I'd like to. <laughs> <laughs> right. So as we kind of start wrapping it up here, uh, we've talked a lot about comebacks today. And we've talked a lot about these different series, these different teams that stick out in our minds. Um, we've definitely missed quite a lot. There's sport. The history of sports is enormous. So if we miss one of your favorite ones, reach out to uh, us here at Pineapple 22 Media or Braden at Noble Sports Guy. And let us know what uh, which ones you want to talk about or we should talk about next. Because, you know, this could definitely be start becoming a series here. Um this episode's going to be on both of our podcast feeds, just for future reference. A lot of our crossovers are now going to be together on the same on each other's feeds, and we're just going to keep growing and working that way. But Toro, you got anything you want to plug before we end here? Thank you for your support, and like Braden said, reach out to us, ask us questions. Like, I love, I love when I get questions from. Uh, Hold on, my brother's trying to call me. <laughs> I gotta call him back. Uh, I, I just, I appreciate when you guys ask me questions, it makes me feel a little bit more knowledgeable. So ask them questions too. And thank you, Braden, for giving me a chance to pop on with you. We missed Alan today, but I, I think this could be a multi-part series for sure. <laughs> yeah, and I really, if you guys really wanna know more about these curses, uh, we can definitely do episodes on that in future. So uh, feel free to follow all of us here at Pineapple 22 Media on social media. We're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. You can follow us personally as well. Um, Alan's at Alan Fain on 1993 on Instagram. I'm at uh, bwilson underscore 22 on both Instagram and Twitter. Uh, Tora, you want to plug your socials? Uh, my Instagram is btoro underscore 31 don't mix it up with 32 unless you want to follow my younger brother it's confusing <laughs> i know we both picked our jersey numbers as our underscore and we both have the same initials uh twitter is noble sports guy and same with facebook so follow me on there all right we'll just ride the wave out and talk to you guys next time stay classy vegas